Thank you for sharing that beautiful song. Tim wrote that song several years ago, I guess. How long has it been, Tim? Uh, I, it, that's all right. I put him on the spot there. But uh, he wrote that song. It's a beautiful song, and I'm really grateful uh, that you all shared that with us this morning. I'm not ashamed to live for Jesus, and that's the way it should be for all of us. Thank you for joining us for worship today. We are so glad to see you and glad that you've chosen to worship this church family. Uh, we celebrate the Lord today, and I hope you'll celebrate with us. If you are a guest, we welcome you. Thank you for coming, and thank you for choosing to worship with our church family. And uh, if you are a guest, first-time guest, there's a gift for you out on the Welcome Center as you leave today. There's a bag that has a little gift in it and some other information. I'll call your attention to the QR code on the pews in front of you. If you just put your camera in front of that, it will take you to uh, the Connect card, to news and announcements, to prayer requests, and many other things. But again, thank you for worshiping with us. Why don't you stand and greet those around you, then we'll join in singing together. join as we sing together glorify thy name
continue to worship as we lift our voices together.
Thank you. You may be seated. Isn't it great to know that the presence of the Lord is drawing us near to him today? And no matter where you are or wherever you're worshiping today, maybe you're on vacation at the beach or at a campground, uh, maybe you're just uh, out today, wherever you are worshiping online or whether you're here in person, know how much God loves you and his grace is sufficient and his power is made perfect in weakness. And I want to share with you something that the God laid on my heart last night as I was uh, in bed. And maybe this was for me or maybe it's for you, but um, I want you to know the devil is a liar. In John 8, 44, it says he is the father of all lies and there is no truth in him. And so if the devil has been lying to you saying you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not qualified enough, you don't tell him uh, to get behind you, you tell him to get away from you, period, because he is a liar. And 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is the one that is in you than he that is in the world. Do you all agree with that today? Greater is the one that is in us than he that is in the world. And we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus our Lord. I claim that. Again, maybe it's for you, maybe it's for me, maybe it's for us. But every week there's an opportunity for us to humble ourselves before an awesome and mighty God. And we can come to this altar and pray if you're in this place knowing that he can lift us up from whatever we're going through, our pain, our suffering, our grief, whatever it is, depression, loneliness, he can lift us up today. He can bring salvation to whatever it is that we're going through. So I invite you, if you're in this place, to come to this altar. You can kneel, you can stand, you can stand from where you are. Wherever you're worshiping today, that can be your altar but I'm going to invite you at this time to join me as we lift up our prayers to the only one that can bring salvation to us. Won't you come join me as we pray together? May we pray together. Father, we have come to worship you. We've already been worshiping you through the beautiful music. We have been worshiping you, God, through fellowship. Now we're worshiping you through this time of prayer. Father, first, I want to just tell you how much we love you. Words cannot adequately express just how great you are. And Lord, I pray if there would be any thing in me, in us, any sin that would hinder our prayer, remove it as far as the east is from the west. Remember our transgression, our sin no more. And Father, in a group this size, we have come with many different needs. People are grieving. God, we lift up those who are grieving today. We continue to pray for Jamie Tuttle and the loss of his dad, David Scales and the loss of his father, Lori Ham and the loss of her mother. 
God, many are grieving. We pray for those battling sickness. God, we have folks in the hospital right now battling for their lives. Oh, God, we pray if it be your will, perform a miracle of healing so that you would be glorified and that people might come to Christ as a result of your divine power. Father, we pray for many in our church going through treatments, whether it be chemotherapy or immune therapy or whatever their treatment, God, use it to bring healing and strength. Father, bless families that are divided today. We know you can bring reconciliation and healing. Bless, oh God, those that have never placed their trust in you. May today be the day of salvation that someone would confess their sin, ask for your forgiveness, and invite you to come into their heart to be their Lord and Savior. Our nation needs revival and spiritual awakening, and may it begin in each of our hearts. And Father, we pray that this pandemic, this virus, now this variant would end, and Lord, that no more lives would be lost or affected. Oh God, give us strength in these uncertain times that we would know that you are Lord and that you are still on your throne and in control. Father, I just pray today for some folks that are just searching, they're looking, they've gone from job to job or relationship from relationship, church to church, looking for answers. And God, we know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through you. So help us to place our trust in the only one who can make our path straight. And Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to move through the music and through the instruments and through your word and through your servant. And in my weakness, would you be strong? And oh God, I pray again for each and every person here. You know our need even before we ask, but we ask, we seek, we knock. And we pray, God, that it would be given unto us. So Father, we just ask now that your Holy Spirit would have your way through everything we say and do. And we'll be sure to give you all the praise and the glory and the honor both now and forevermore in the strong and holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Jonah chapter 1? And I'm grateful after the reading of God's Word that our choir will be coming back to, to lead us in worship. Thank you all for being here today and our instrumentalists. Hear these familiar words to many of you, beginning with verse 1 of Jonah chapter 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, 
go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port, and after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Verse 17, now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
thank you all for leading. What a beautiful and powerful song. Thank you for leading us so beautifully. And thank you for being here today and allowing the Holy Spirit to be here. Maybe you've heard me uh, share this uh, funny with you before, but there was a preacher and a priest standing on the side of the road, and they were holding a sign. The, the preacher was holding, the end is near. And the priest was holding, turn before it's too late. Well, a car speeding by saw those two ministers with their signs, and they yelled out the window, you all are crazy, you religious nuts. Well, they went around the corner. They heard screeching tires and a big splash. The minister said to the priest, maybe the sign should have just said, bridge out. <laughs> Has God or someone ever tried to get your attention? If you're in your car, people sometimes try to get your attention by honking their horn or flashing their lights. If you're in a crowd of people, you might see someone waving their hands and arms trying to get your attention. It's possible that if you have a child, they have acted out trying to get mom or dad's attention. A baby cries to get mom or dad's attention. There are many different ways, maybe through someone's eyes or even <clears throat> clearing the throat, someone's trying to get your attention without drawing attention that they're trying to get your attention with their eyes or <clears throat> to let you know something. In our scripture today, we meet a man who's a prophet by the name of Jonah in this familiar story. The word prophet comes from the, a word in Hebrew, root word, which actually means bubbles forth as from a spring. A prophet bubbles forth or proclaims a message from the Lord. They are a spokesperson from God himself. That would be a prophet. And in our scripture today, we see God giving Jonah, the prophet, an assignment. But what else we see is God trying to get Jonah's attention. I want to ask you this. Has God been trying to get your attention lately? Now, you know better than anyone else if God has been trying to get your attention has the Holy Spirit been prompting you to do something? Has God given you an assignment, a call, a mission, and yet you've been disobeying him in hopes that he's going to leave you alone? But the message is clear that God is trying to get your attention or to get mine. And today, I pray that through this familiar story to many of you, possibly new to others, that God would get your attention and get mine. You see, God used the Word to get Jonah's attention, and maybe that's 
how he will get ours as well. In verse 1 of Jonah chapter 1, it said, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to Nineveh and preach against it because of its wickedness that has come up before me. Go to Nineveh and preach against wickedness, the word of the Lord. Did you know the word of the Lord is used nearly 300 times in the Old Testament? And it represented a divine communication. And so here was a divine communication from God. God can speak to us in many different ways, can't he? I mean, he spoke to Moses in a burning bush. He spoke to Isaiah through a vision. Uh, he spoke to Peter through a great catch of fish. He spoke to Saul through a bright light on the road to Damascus. God can use whatever means he chooses to speak to his people. He can speak to us through godly people. He can speak to us through prayer. He can speak to us through the Holy Spirit. He can speak to us through circumstances. But one of the ways I think God can speak to us the most is through his word. How many times have you opened up the Bible and you've turned it right to a passage and you say, I mean, that spoke directly to me. I know God is trying to tell me something. It doesn't always work that way. And I advise you to have a daily Bible reading and don't randomly open it saying, speak to me, Lord. I mean, he can do that. But certainly, the Lord speaks to us through his word. I have people who will send me a text or an email of a devotion that they had that morning where there were scripture passages that they felt God spoke directly to them through these passages. And know that God can use his word to speak to us. But if you never open his word, how are you going to know that he's speaking to you and speaking to me. God gave Jonah a specific assignment, but I have to tell you, Jonah didn't like that assignment. As a matter of fact, he despised the Ninevites. He despised because of years of cruelty that they had shown to the people of Israel. And so when he said to go to the Ninevites and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me, he didn't want to do it. Why? Because it says the great city of Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital of Syria. It was called great because it was great in size. It was great in population, hundreds of thousands of people. It was great in wealth. It was great in power. And you know what else it was great in? Sin. It was great in sin. And you say, well, what kind of sin? Well, there was immorality going on. There was corruption. There was rebellion from God. There was idol worship. There was witchcraft. There was prostitution. You name it. And it was going on. Does that sound familiar to you and me today? That there was a lot of evil, a lot of 
wickedness going on. And yet that was the assignment that he was given to go and tell the Ninevites to repent, to turn away. Reminds me of how when God used Jeremiah to call out to the unfaithfulness of the Israelites. In Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 23, that the Lord had commanded them, he said, obey my voice and I will be your God and you will be my people. Walk in obedience to everything I command you so that it may go well with you. And we know that Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Has God given us some commands that we are to follow? I know we have the Ten Commandments, but hasn't he given us the greatest two commandments, to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength? Second is this, love our neighbor as ourselves. Hasn't he given us the command to love our enemy and to pray for those who persecute us? Hasn't he given us the command to forgive one another just as in Christ God forgave us? Hasn't he given us the command to serve one another, to love one another? He has given us these commands, but how many of us obey those commands? Or we ignore it and think, you know, if I ignore it long enough, then I'm okay, and God will leave me alone. Charles Stanley wrote a book years ago, How to Handle Adversity. That's a good book for people to read. Why? Because we all face problems. And he told about a friend that heard the call from God when he was 17 years old to preach and to go into ministry. But he went to college, ignoring that call, he went to graduate school, ignoring that call. And he said after a period of time, he actually turned his back on God. And he married a lady out of the will of God. He started a career out of the will of God. And then after a short period of time, boom, he lost both of them, his wife and his career. And then... God got his attention. Isn't it amazing how God can use loss and heartache to get our attention? I wish it didn't take that. But many times that's what it takes. Finally got this man's attention. And after turning from this call, after 25 years, he surrendered his heart and life into Christian ministry. Charles Stanley said, God is using this man even though he had turned away and ignored that call from many years ago. Is it possible that God has given you a call or an assignment? God speaks to us as he did Jonah through his word, but he also can speak to us through wind, through wind. If you would read in verse 3, it said, and Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. Nineveh was in the east and Tarshish was in the west. He went in the total opposite direction to get as far away from the Lord. Jonah knew better than anybody, you can run, but you can't hide. We cannot hide from the presence of God. 
Adam and Eve found that out in the Garden of Eden, didn't they? When they disobeyed and ate that forbidden fruit, and that's when the first came of hide and seek. Where are you? Come out, come out, wherever you are. I had lived that part, but he said, where are you? Where are you? He was wanting to know where they were spiritually. They had disobeyed God. Jonah fled in the opposite direction. And then verse 4, and the Lord brought a great wind. Did you get that? And the Lord brought a great wind on the sea that caused such a violent storm to arise that the ship was threatened to break up. The Lord caused a great wind on that sea. Now, you're going to have to read all of Jonah yourself sometime. There are too many lessons and messages to cover it all. But the long and short is, is that Jonah was on this boat again, and, and maybe you've never looked at it that way. He went down to Joppa, boarded a ship, and after paying the fare, we pay a price when we run away from God, don't we? After paying the price. And then this great storm came, and all these Gentiles were on there worshiping many different gods, and they cast lights to see who was the one causing the problems, and the light was cast upon Jonah, and then they start asking questions. Who are you? Where are you from? What's your profession? Where's your country? And then they would go on to say, what have you done? What have you done? And Jonah had already told them he was running away from the Lord. And then much to their sadness, they were ready to make a sacrifice and throw Jonah into the water. But there was a, a great wind that God brought. I think about in Mark chapter 4 when Jesus was on the boat with his disciples and they were going over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee or Lake Gennesaret and, and this squall came up in Mark chapter 4 verse 37. The squall came up that, that almost swamped the boat and it was overtaking the boat and remember Jesus was asleep at the stern of the boat on a cushion just like Jonah was asleep during this storm down below. And then Jesus, the disciples, saw that he was sleeping and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And that's when Jesus stood up and said, Quiet, peace, be still. And immediately the wind died down and it was completely calm. And then Jesus turned to his disciples in verse 39, and said, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? This past year and a half, this pandemic has been an unexpected squall and storm, hadn't it? I mean, this, this has been a time like none we have ever seen. And, and I want to make sure you understand this. God sent that great wind upon the sea. I'm not saying God sent this pandemic upon us, but God certainly can use it to get our attention. I believe God can use many different forms to get our attention. 
Hebrews chapter 12, verses 6 and 7 said, The Lord disciplines the one he loves and accepts each one as his own son. Therefore, endure hardship as discipline because God is treating you as one of his children. Did you know that God can even use these winds to bring discipline to draw us closer to him? Some of y'all are here saying, God must love me a whole lot because he spanked me for a year and a half. I mean, he has whipped up on me. I've been one to sometimes think that too. COVID came. As most of you know, my dad passed away after his battle with Parkinson's. Right after my dad passed, we couldn't even have a service at that time because my mom and all three of my brothers got COVID and two of their wives. My mom was hospitalized with it. My brother was hospitalized with it. My sister-in-law was hospitalized with it. Later in the year, my son Isaiah got it, disrupting his senior year at school and his basketball, right in the middle of basketball season, his senior year. During that season, we lost, in a, I mean, I'm talking about in a short period of time, we lost about seven of our faithful church members. These weren't casual Christians. These were committed here every time the doors open people. We lost about seven of our faithful members. Many others were sick. If you were here last week or watched, my daughter Sophie and I were in a head-on collision last Friday. Praise God, we were able to walk away even though the, the car was totaled. Not only did our car spin around several times with the airbags deploying, but our lives were spinning around. This past week, my mom on Thursday night fell and she broke her arm, had a fall between her shoulder and her elbow, broke her arm. I'm like, God, if, if you're trying to get my attention, reporting for duty, sir! Whatever you need me to do, God. Again, I'm not saying God did these things, but God can use these things to draw us closer to him, to get our attention. It certainly got the attention of those men on the, the ship with Jonah. And after Jonah was willing to be a sacrifice, go on, I'll, throw me in the water. It's fine. I take that responsibility. So they forgive us, boom. And then, verse 17, and the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, who was in the belly of that great fish for three days and three nights. God brought the storm, the wind, but he provided this great fish. And in chapter 2, of Jonah, verses 1 and 2. And Jonah prayed in the belly of that fish. In my distress, I called out to the Lord, and he answered me. And then in verse 9, he said, Whatever I have vowed to you, 
I will make good and I will say salvation comes from the Lord. How many of us, when we've been in that situation, now King James Version would say, well, NIV, great fish. Some scholars have said this is an allegory. This didn't even happen. But I love what pastor author Dr. David Jeremiah said. He said it doesn't take a marine biologist to prove that a sovereign God can take the elements of his creation and, and he can provide a huge fish to discipline his prophet just as he can take a man by the name of Jesus of Nazareth and cause him to be raised from the dead. So if you can't believe this and you can't believe this, God has that kind of power. And you're here today and say, I haven't been swallowed by, by a great fish, but you have been swallowed by something, haven't you? You've been swallowed by depression. You've been swallowed by loneliness. You've, you've been swallowed by a divorce. You've been swallowed with financial struggles. You, you've been swallowed by worry and fear and insecurity and pride and jealousy. You've been swallowed, and as a result, you're in the belly of a huge situation. What am I going to do? Well, just as Jonah cried out in his distress and the Lord answered him, don't you know that, that the Lord will hear your cry for help too? It's the same, same God. You can cry out to him in your distress and he will answer you. And then you can make a vow. God, if you get me through this, I promise you. How many of you have said that before? God, if you, if you heal my loved one, if you help me, with this situation, I promise, I promise. I will. And then we go right back to the same old, same old. Jonah was given a second chance. Did you know that? Jonah was given a second chance. Why didn't he want to go to Nineveh and preach? He didn't want them to be forgiven because they were mean. They were wicked. He didn't want them to be shown grace. How many of us have felt that about people? I don't want them to be forgiven. They're mean. They're wicked. They've hurt me. They've hurt my family. I don't want any good on them. Maybe we've all been guilty of that before. Jonah was given a second chance. 40 days, and Nineveh will be overturned. And guess what? It said that they believed God. And the king even issued a decree and told the people, look, let's put on sackcloth as a sign of repentance. And, and he gave an urgent call to repent or to turn from their wickedness. And maybe, just maybe, in the Lord's compassion, he will relent and show us mercy. That's what we need in our country today. National repentance. Maybe God will show us mercy and relent from the judgment that comes. And the Ninevites were given another chance. Now, if you were to read the rest of the story, it's not a happy ending. Jonah pouted because God forgave them. 
then Joni had a hut, and God provided a vine, and then he provided a worm, and then he was angry at God. It's not a happy ending, but the message is clear. God got his attention. And God maybe wants to get your attention today. And it's possible your well is an addiction. My list is up to 11 people that I pray for every day that are battling either drug or alcohol addiction. It's up to 11. The number continues to grow. It's real. It's a real problem for a lot of fine people that have a bad problem. And I close by sharing this. I had someone to contact me this week and ask me to pray for their adult son. Fearful that they're going to overdose. They flirted with fire before, and they're afraid that next time they may not be so fortunate. And you know what this mother said to me? I have prayed that the Lord would take me if it will save my son. I pray that the Lord would take me if it will save my son. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Because Jesus died, we don't have to. Jesus paid it all, and all to him we owe. And today, I don't know what you're going through, but if you're like me, God has been trying to get my attention. And maybe you're saying, he's been trying to get mine. I've been trying to run, and I've been trying to hide, and I've been trying. Maybe God is wanting you to teach a Sunday school class. Maybe he's wanting you to lead a Bible study, a small group. Maybe God's wanting you to sing in the choir or play in this room. Maybe God's wanting you to be a witness in your workplace or in your, on your team or when school goes up. God has given you an assignment and you keep running from him. And you keep running from him. You can run, but you can't hide. And I pray today that, that our nation would turn back to God. There's an urgent call as this king had put out to his people. There's an urgent call for us today. And as we started, turn around before it's too late. Come back to him while there's still time. And God will relent and show his mercy and love and his grace. May we pray together. God, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any folks in this place that have never taken the first step by giving their heart and life to you, may today be the day of salvation. Jonah said in the belly of that fish, I will say salvation comes from the Lord. Father, I sure would hate anyone to walk out of this place today and not know you personally. May they know they are loved, they are forgiven. And how many of us have been given more than 
a second chance. We've been given multiple chances. How many more chances is it going to take before we turn it around and start living for you who is willing to die for us? Lord, maybe there are Christians that have grown complacent during this season and and you are no longer a priority and your church is no longer priority and and Father, serving you is no longer priority. Oh God, stir in Christians' hearts to know that the fields are ripe unto harvest, but the laborers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, as we talked about last week, to send laborers into the field. Lord, maybe there's someone that's been looking for a church home. Father, I say it almost weekly, we are not a perfect church. I am not a perfect pastor. We are not a perfect staff, but we serve a perfect God. And as long as people keep their eyes on you, they'll never be disappointed. But if they look at me or us, it won't take them but a second to be disappointed. So, Father, give us the boldness today to not worry about what people think, but that we would be willing to follow you wherever you lead. And I pray that we would turn and go your way and not the opposite. For it is in the strong and holy name of Jesus we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand and come if you're in this place. We're going to sing a hymn of commitment. However the Holy Spirit leads you, if you're watching at home, contact us here at the office it would be our privilege to pray with you about your decision but this invitation is for you
much for being here today and allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. It's great to see so many of you all back at church. And if you're a visiting friend, if you're a guest, thank you so much for worshiping with us. Stop by at the Welcome Center and receive a, a small gift, a token of our love and appreciation for you coming. I hope that you will continue to worship with us online on Wednesdays. I'm excited that August the 16th, We'll be kicking off our Wednesday nights with a Sermon on the Mount over behind the little church. A man is going to come and he's going to break a wild horse while sharing the gospel. So you don't want to miss. Uh, this is a ministry that Lee Rainwater's son, Caleb, toured with in Oklahoma this summer. So it'll be a real blessing. And then August the 29th, we're planning our Sunday night comeback and then we're working on getting discipleship and small group leaders, probably pushing us back into September. We need more of you to say, sign me up. I'm happy to facilitate or lead. But August the 29th, we're going over here. Richard Jones and Happy Jack Farm has graciously uh, agreed to let us use uh, their property to do our creek baptism. I've already got a list of folks signed up to get baptized in the creek. So if you would like to follow through with a commitment and through believer's baptism, and we're going to also try to have some watermelons, some good music, be a fellowship celebrating God's faithfulness after the baptism. So I hope you'll join us. That's the 29th of August, and that's going to be at 5 o'clock. Uh, so a lot of great things going on. Thank you for your prayers, for your patience with us. We've been doing the best we can to minister to you through this challenging time, but and God is in control, and we trust in him that he's going to bring us through this season. But at this time, Bill, would you close us in a song? Remember how much God loves you, and we love you too. Thank you and God bless you.